Y'all, I'm so frustrated and angry right now. I had today's show locked, done, had an amazing, wow, I'm full of myself, decent intro where I apparently crossed a line and I was told right before I uploaded today's show that if I put it out like that, I would very likely have this video suppressed, no recommendation, no showing up on the homepage, all the places where people click to watch me. And this feeling it's making me feel right now, it doesn't feel good. So how about this? If you want to throw up a middle finger or two with me, uh, hit that like button. If we get over 75,000 likes, I'll give you a bonus morning video. It's not going to change your life, but I feel like I have to now put it out there on YouTube just for the principle of the matter. I don't know. Anyway, hit him with the nostalgia. This is a new show. But yeah, welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, you beautiful bastards. And y'all, the first thing we're going to talk about today is one of the most requested stories on the text line, and that is 100 Thieves co-owner and massive streamer Valkyrie is in the news. And this kind of unrelated to anything gaming or streaming, but rather coming under fire for a new skincare line that she launched called Reflect. It's a line she says she's been working on for two years. It features things like a facial cleanser, a moisturizer, a gel eye treatment. And so a lot of people were initially like, cool, awesome. But where a lot of people were like, okay, that's a red flag is that it also claims to be designed to protect against exposure to blue light that comes from digital screens. They're saying that it protects your skin from that, but the problem is that there isn't a lot of research supporting a need for such products. With a number of just everyday people calling the blue light protection claims a gimmick or an outright scam to get people to buy her stuff. This including some fellow creators like Hassan Piker. Why are you guys literally refusing to hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? I don't believe the fucking uh, blue light is destroying your skin in the way that the Reflect product presents itself. It's just soap. In fact, we saw a content creator and more notably cosmetic chemist with a PhD in chemistry, Michelle Wong, speaking on this. I really like Ray. I think it's great to see women of color in business, but you don't need to protect your skin against blue light from screens. Even with a big ass monitor, you would need days or months to get the same blue light as 15 minutes of sun. And if you do want to protect against blue light from the sun, which honestly isn't a big issue for most people, these products still probably won't do much. The active ingredients are antioxidants, which could potentially mop up the free radicals that the light causes in your skin, but that's so much less effective than blocking the blue light from getting into your skin in the first place, like a sunscreen. For that, you'd use foundations or tinted sunscreens which have iron oxides in them, and you probably have antioxidants in your skincare already. I'm sure the products are fine, they're reasonably priced, they'll probably get more people into looking after their skin. They probably could have included a sunscreen, but chill out on the screen thing. And on top of all this, we've also seen people raising concerns about the terms of service on the brand's website, which says, we are not responsible if information made available on this site is not accurate, complete, or current. With some also accusing the brand of subtly updating its website to change some of its claims. Saying that the site used to say, research shows that blue light emitted from digital screens can damage your skin by shrinking your cells, speeding up the aging process and causing redness. But now when you visit the site, it's less definitive, saying, there is mounting evidence that supports blue light contributes to photo aging, including wrinkles, worsening skin laxity, and hyperpigmentation. And with this, Valkyrie really hasn't commented much on the criticism, but we did see in a tweet that she later deleted on her second account. She wrote, I was told to wait until tomorrow to speak. I'm also very confused. So we might see more from her today. There might be an update to this. We reached out on Twitter. She hasn't responded yet. But if there is an update, her sharing a reaction, her side of the story, we'll obviously update this later. Then we should definitely talk about these major allegations coming from actor Ruby Rose. If you're unfamiliar, Ruby was the star of Batwoman, a series that she left in 2020. When that happened, reportedly there were a lot of questions, many people angry with Ruby Rose, a lot of people painting her as the villain. But now they posted a long series of Instagram stories explaining issues behind the scenes that led to their decision. And this is a lot. Starting by calling out showrunner Carolyn Dries and producers Sarah Schrechter and Greg Berlanti saying, enough is enough. Ruby saying they never want this to happen again to anyone else, that they're telling this story to get their life back. Then addressing former WB TV exec Peter Roth, accusing him of having young women steam 
seeing the crotch area of his pants while he was still wearing them. With Ruby also claiming that he put a private investigator after her, also sharing videos where a doctor detailed rib injuries she received on set, with her writing that she has enough to make an hour-long documentary about on-set injuries, going to share a clip of a surgery that she underwent, alleging there that she then had to go to work 10 days after, quote, or the whole crew and cast would be fired and I'd let everyone down. Ruby also explaining other injuries that allegedly occurred on set, saying a crew member got third-degree burns all over his whole body, with a cast and crew who witnessed it being given no therapy after witnessing his skin fall off his face. Also saying they lost two stunt doubles, that she was almost blinded by a cut to the face, and that a woman was left quadriplegic, and higher-ups there tried to blame it on the fact that she was on her phone. But saying, how is that an excuse? She was a PA, and her work was largely done via her phone. Ruby also saying the showrunner, Dries, only visited the set four times a year, but made production continue during COVID when other sets, including CW series, were being shut down. Also claiming that Dries told Ruby to comply with the PI, but then denied it. With Ruby also saying that, yes, they admit that they fought people on set, but only because they were fighting for safety, Ruby adding that they never raised their voice. But saying, on the other hand, you had her co-star, Doug Gray Scott, yelling frequently, hurting a female stunt double and abusing women. Ruby also writing that she would never go back to the show for any amount of money, or if a gun was put to her head. Writing, I do not quit. They ruined Kate Kane, and they destroyed Batwoman, not me. But regarding all of this, Warner Bros. TV has now given a statement to Deadline saying, despite the revisionist history that Ruby Rose is now sharing online, aimed at the producers, the cast and crew, the network, and the studio, the truth is that Warner Bros. Television has decided not to exercise its option to engage Ruby for season two of Batwoman based on multiple complaints about workplace behavior that were extensively reviewed and handled privately out of respect for all concerned. But yeah, that said, I mean, you look to the reactions online with about every aspect of the story, and in general, the response is, holy shit. But for now, because this is breaking today, it's gonna be a developing situation. We're gonna have to wait to see what happens from here. But from that, let's take a second to pay the bills and thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Squarespace. You know, over the past year or so, a lot of you have found your passion projects and what truly makes you happy, whether that means finally getting your independent business off the ground or creating a place to share your homemade goods, your new favorite hobby, current obsession, or maybe even a personal blog to get the thoughts out of your head. No matter what you're doing, Squarespace is there to help. It's also easy. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Creating a beautiful website with Squarespace's all-in-one platform has never been so simple. It's extremely intuitive and easy to use. So you can just focus on the stuff you actually want to focus on. Plus, with Squarespace, and I recommend you take advantage of it, you get access to all their marketing tools and analytics and personalized support from their award-winning customer care team via email or live chat. Whatever you need, they are available 24-7 to help out. So if you want to check it out, see why so many others love it, see if it's right for you, head on over to squarespace.com slash Phil. When you realize you love it, make sure you enter an offer code Phil to get 10% off your first purchase. Then we should definitely talk about Facebook in the news for a few reasons, starting with the fact that they may no longer be named Facebook soon, with this first being reported by The Verge, where they reported that CEO Mark Zuckerberg wants to be known for building the metaverse, which I mean, could look like a lot of different things, but some have described it as a VR space where people would use digital avatars to walk around and interact with one another in real time. In fact, Facebook even said earlier this week that they're planning to hire 10,000 people in the EU to help find all six infinity stones for Zuckerberg to make this dream come true. Now, obviously, with this news, there are some that are skeptical and concerned that this is definitely not a lizard alien, sorry, Demi, has your best interests at heart. And kind of funny enough, if you look into the where metaverse was coined, it's a little bit funny and maybe even scarily prophetic. If you're unfamiliar, the word metaverse was first coined by Neil Stevenson in the book Snow Crash, with it originally described as a virtual world owned by corporations wherein users were treated as citizens in a dystopian corporate dictatorship. With that user also asking, what if Neil was right? To which Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey responded, narrator, he was. Dorsey also kind of subtweeting a reference to the book later, saying Central Intelligence Corporation. But honestly, I think this is being blown out of proportion. I mean, we can trust 
Mark Zuckerberg? It's like my face was allergic to those words. Then in big money news, if you're in on Bitcoin right now, you're probably having a great day. It surged this morning to a new all-time high. As of recording, it's trading at just under $67,000. You know, this is big for the space. As you might remember, way back in April, there was a really, really hard crash. For months, it was struggling to recover. Crypto bros and gals were crawling through glass saying, just buy the dip. And eventually it began steadily making its way back up. But actually, the reason that we're seeing this latest spike appears to be specifically because of the launch of a Bitcoin future. ETF. Right, for those unfamiliar, essentially this fund tracks buying contracts between two parties who are speculating on what the future price of Bitcoin will be. And during its debut yesterday, it actually ended up seeing 24 million shares traded. That is the second heaviest first day trading volume for a fund ever. Also, it generated $1 billion in turnover. And once again, and I'll always say it with these stories, if you're interested in crypto and you want to dip your toes, click the link down below or go to Coinbase to Franco.com, sign up and for free, you'll get $10 of Bitcoin. I mean, hell, some of you that actually click through on this know this, you got $10 right now, that might be 20, 30, 40. Also the cool thing with Coinbase is they have this whole reward system where just by learning about crypto, you can get like $32 more in free crypto. While getting in today right now may not be as beneficial as if you got in yesterday, now is better than never, especially when it comes to free. Then in breaking news around the Gabby Petito story, of course, we've been covering for a long time now. We're now seeing reports that law enforcement officials said that human remains were found in the same area that authorities located several items belonging to Brian Laundrie in the same park that his parents claimed that he went to the day they last saw him. According to NBC, News. A senior law enforcement official says what appears to be partial human remains have been found in Florida's Carlton Reserve in a location that was previously underwater, though noting there is no confirmation the remains belong to laundry. Now the outlet didn't cite what official confirmed this, but the Pasco County Sheriff's Office did tell reporters that the local medical examiner and a cadaver dog trained to find human remains were called to the scene. But the laundry's family attorney also issuing a statement this afternoon saying that Brian's parents informed law enforcement last night that they intended to search the park this morning and met officers there, and adding after a brief search off a trail that Brian frequented some articles belonging to Brian were found. As of now, law enforcement is conducting a more thorough investigation of that area. As well as FBI Tampa confirming in a tweet that items of interest were located at the Carlton Reserve this morning in connection with a search for Brian Laundry, and adding that an FBI evidence response team is processing the scene. And actually, a last second update here, right before I was uploading today's show, we saw the FBI in a press conference confirming that yes, the belongings were Brian, and saying that yes, a body has been found, but not providing further information. And like I said, this is still a developing situation, but this is pretty much the bulk of what we know right now, and we're gonna keep an eye on this. And then we should definitely talk about the monster that I will not show or name that's responsible for the 2018 mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. And that's because today, the former student who carried out this monstrous attack has now pleaded guilty to 17 counts of premeditated murder and 17 counts of attempted murder. So with these 34 pleas, that now sends him into the penalty phase in which a jury will be selected, hear testimony, and then recommend a sentence to a judge. He'll be facing life in prison or the death penalty with prosecutors vowing to push for the harsher sentence. Now his lawyers didn't discuss the reason for his guilty pleas, which were not part of any formal agreement with prosecutors which may not be surprising, right? This is an open and shut case, but legal analysts say this could actually provide advantages for it. William Nettles, a former U.S. attorney in South Carolina, telling the New York Times, in cases like that, it's often the best course of action to decline to fight a losing battle and instead fight a battle that you might win, and that's the sentencing battle. Or essentially arguing that if you try and fight an unavoidable guilty verdict, you might lose goodwill with the jurors. And so yeah, now we'll likely see the defense present evidence that they couldn't typically use in the guilt phase, things like the defendant's childhood or things that they could try to use to humanize him and show that he's redeemable. Though, regarding the idea of redemption. These guilty pleas come just days after the defendant pled guilty to separate charges, including battery following a 2018 fight with a jail guard, which resulted in a judge sentencing him today to 25 years in Florida State Prison, along with 364 days in county jail.
jail with credit for the 1,345 days he's already served. And on top of all of that news, we also learned yesterday that the families of the shooting victims reached a $25 million settlement with Broward County Public Schools over the tragedy. The agreement settling 52 of the 53 negligence lawsuits filed against the school district. And according to reports, the money will go to the families who lost loved ones as well as those who were injured and those who suffered from PTSD or other conditions. But ultimately, that is where that story and today's show ends. Of course, whether it be the first one, the last one, anything in between, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below. But that's it. Goodbye. I love you, face. I'll see you tomorrow.